I'm Kaylee Arrett, and you're listening to episode 16 of Me When I'm Free. Who is this me when I'm free, and why does it even matter? This is the question that has spurred me on for years now. It's led me down some dark roads of healing and up joyful mountains of calling and to this moment right now, still on the journey and inviting you to join me. If it really is true that the glory of God is man or woman fully alive, then it would appear that God would want this even more than we do. But why? Why is this important to him? Doesn't he have more important things to attend to than whether or not we know ourselves and what we have to bring to the world? These are some of the questions I want us to explore together each week through a simple story, a few moments of reflection, and space to pray. Join me, friend. Last month, my family spent about a week at one of my all-time favorite places, the Little Red Cabin on Stump Pond in Willett, New York, lovingly known to all as The Cottage. My grandparents purchased this little haven of refuge when I was just 10 years old. It is my childhood happy place. We had visited last year for the first time in years. Early one morning, I had grabbed my journal and a mug of coffee and plunked myself down by the water's edge, as I used to do each morning in my childhood, watching the sunnies pop up to the surface, listening to the frogs croaking in the lily pads nearby. Something about being in that space allowed the tears to flow that had been pent up inside for most of 2020. I was grieving, grieving the loss of security, of knowns and norms that had been erased by the restrictions of the pandemic. I was also grieving the loss of both of my grandparents that year who had provided restoration for me and for so many through this space of belonging. Last month, I found myself seated in the same spot, but this time there was less difficult emotion bubbling to the surface for me. What did stir was an old familiar feeling of joy and shalom that feels a lot like home. I felt different, more peaceful, more whole. In the year between these two visits, there has been plenty of difficulty and loss, but it's possible that what has shifted for me has been my capacity to engage the struggle, to lean into the practices and rhythms that help me to remain centered. Last year's grief made way for new pathways toward peace. Even as I sat there on the water's edge, 
I stumbled across the word capacity in four different readings, all within a matter of minutes. An email, a Facebook post, unfortunately there's cell service down by the water, (laughs) and two of the books I had grabbed from my travel bag to bring down to the shore with me. They spoke of capacity for relationship, for dreaming, for calling, for joy. This kind of coincidence has happened enough that I have learned to recognize the invitation in the themes. I scribbled all of it in my journal, wondering why this word? Why now? I committed to keep paying attention. Then this week, I shared in our spiritual direction group about my time at the cottage and other things, including tensions I currently feel, longings to offer healing spaces while old wounds still pop up, causing me to question my own healing at times. After our group paused to listen together to whatever the Holy Spirit might invite them to offer, One friend commented, I feel drawn to tell you that you have the capacity to hold these tensions. Surprised, I shot back, did I tell you about the word capacity? She shook her head no. I laughed and said, well, I think God gave the word capacity to me four times the other day. She went on to describe the ways that I can lean into God and trust him with the ups and the downs and the losses and affirmed how I'm already doing that, thus giving me the capacity that Jesus offers. Well, that feels like a word, I told her. I'm still asking God about this word, capacity. I think there's more to be uncovered with him and in community. But here's what I know. Capacity refers to the maximum amount something can hold. For many of us, our stories and our wounding have decreased our capacity for relationship, for love, for connection, for calling. We were not taught the skills for healthy relationships we have experienced or are experiencing trauma. We don't believe the truth about God's calling on our lives. We've learned patterns of relating to others from a place of fear. We don't feel safe in community. And so our capacity for growth in these areas is limited by our experience. So when I seek transformation of my heart and my relationships, doesn't it make more sense to ask the question, how can I increase my capacity in this area rather than simply, how can I change my behavior? The same goes for our relationship with God. Our capacity to believe in a God who is close and relational has been diminished by our own earthly fathers, or by bad theology, or by wounds we've experienced with the members of his church. 
we need an experience of God as a loving father in order to increase our capacity to believe what is true about him. So how do we do this? Dallas Willard speaks about how to plan for routine progress in wholeness in his book, The Great Omission. He writes, the question then is how precisely I am going to go about doing my part in the process of my own transformation. What is my plan? The answer to this question is in general formulation by practice of spiritual disciplines or disciplines for the spiritual life. What is discipline? A discipline is an activity within our power, something we can do, which brings us to a point where we can do what we at present cannot do by direct effort. This week, my son is at full day football training camp. He has never worked so hard in his life. I try to remind him that all of this effort will pay off when the season begins. Currently, it just feels hard. But isn't that exactly the point? We undergo training so that when the time comes, we have the capacity to follow through on what we have been learning. Our daily incremental progress forms us into people who can do what we at present cannot do by direct effort. Disciplines and rhythms and practices train us to become the kind of person that God can set free in his universe. So what would it be like to shift our focus, to consider how to make routine progress, incremental steps toward wholeness, to ask ourselves what practices and rhythms might Jesus be inviting us to consider? that will help change the inner conditions of our behavior rather than simply trying to change our behavior. It is in this place where grace meets our current reality and our capacity to experience transformation grows. And so today, friend, I leave you with these questions and some space to reflect. If it's helpful, I invite you to grab a journal to jot these thoughts down and ponder them throughout the week. Question one. I want to invite you to consider for a moment a place that brings you joy. Maybe it's a vacation spot or your garden or possibly it's your favorite reading nook or fishing boat. Take a minute to close your eyes and imagine yourself in that spot. And just notice what happens as you do. Does your heart expand? Your breathing slow? A peace come over you in this moment? I want to invite you to sit in the memory of that place for a few minutes. Maybe even imagine Jesus in the memory with you, enjoying your company. Question two. As you engage with this memory, just notice how your sense of capacity increases. 
as well as your connection with Jesus. Ask yourself, or better yet, ask Jesus, what blockages are in the way of this kind of wholeheartedness that I experience in this memory? Notice whatever surfaces and simply hold space for it with Jesus. Then, would you take a moment to reflect with me, maybe even journal, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. I'm reading them from the message translation. Jesus is teaching and he says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I think many of us have the wrong idea about you that you care more about our behavior than the inner conditions of our souls. We think that you are keeping score rather than offering to walk alongside us as we learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Would you help us to notice your invitation to learn from you, to engage in the practices that you did that will allow us to recover our life and become the kind of person that you can set free. It is in your strong name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Me When I'm Free. I hope you'll continue to join me on this journey toward wholeness. I'd love a traveling companion. My hope is that you'll see yourself in these stories that I share here. And if nothing else, you'll feel less alone. If you'd like to connect throughout the week, you can find me at Kaylee Errett on Facebook and Instagram or at KayleeArrett.com. And if you haven't yet, I'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast, and I'd be delighted if you left a review. Thanks for listening, friend. Let's meet back here next week.